NBL Now with Pete Hooley, the great Leonard Copeland joining me and we're putting him in the hot seat because Trev Gleeson, multiple championship winning coaches, come out and eyeing off his potential next coaching job. Is that in the NBL? We're about to find out from Copes what he thinks. We're going to preview all the round five actions starting tonight. New Zealand Breakers, Adelaide 36ers in action. Melbourne United with Matthew Dallavadova still sitting out. They want some revenge on the Jack Jumpers. And is Alex Tui poised to go in the draft sooner rather than later? Let's get into it on NBL Now. Well, it's my pleasure on NBL Now this morning, Thursday, 26th of October. Pete Hooley back in the chair with one of the best, one of my favourites, Leonard Copeland and Copes. Round five action kicks off tonight. The Breakers, we haven't seen a whole lot of them, but they welcome Adelaide back home. What are you expecting from this New Zealand team who looked pretty good in the fight against Melbourne United? Well, look, Pete, thanks for, thanks for having me. New Zealand are going to be tough. And, and, and as we know, Modinao is a great coach and he motivates their players. They brought in Parker Jackson Cartwright, who is unguardable, I think. Now, does that bother Will McDowell-White because the ball is not in his hands? I don't know, but I think they're both averaging around six assists a game. So if you got guys like that looking to pass the ball, then obviously you're going to have a good team. They do lead the league in fouls right now. They've only played the three games, the Breakers. Is that a concern at all, or is that more of the fact that they've got guys who aren't used to the way the NBL is officiated and played just yet? Well, look, guys like Zyla and Cheatham, who is probably – the most athletic guy in the league, he's going to draw fouls because he's wiry, he, you know, he, and he's going, to, he's going to have these mistakes when it comes to fouls. But they'll learn the system like all guys do. All, all the imports that come over here, it takes a little time to get them to learn the, the referees. I just think at this stage, with the, with the experience that the New Zealand Breakers have, Abercrombie around, you know, they have these guys that have played and know what to expect. They can help them out. I'm looking for good things from New Zealand because they put together a pretty good team. Now they're playing an Adelaide 36ers team that's coming off a big win, a much-needed win to try and take a little bit of heat off everybody in the organisation. It's always a tough road trip to go over to New Zealand and play. If they don't win, what do you want to see from the 36ers to see that they're still on the right path forward? I want to see them continue to play the way they played the last two games. They brought in DJ, who can shoot the ball out of, shoot the ball very well. But what they did the last game was they had a lot of pick-and-rolls with the big fella, you know, a lot of pick and rolls with, with Isaac, which means because DJ can shoot the ball very well, you have to either double him or switch on that. And when they switch, Isaac just rolls to the basket or rolls to a wing, and he's quick enough to take anybody or big enough to take anybody to the basket. And that's why he plays so well. Now, I know that we can't put the E next to this podcast, so I appreciate you not saying that DJ can shoot the blank out of it because I'm not sure if that needs the explicit. So I knew where you were going, Copes, but... Second game tonight, Taipans versus the Hawks. What are we expecting to see from the Taipans? Because I believe only one team has returned from the preseason games in the NBA since it all started and won, and that was a year that I was a part of in 2018. Are we expecting that trend to continue, or are the Hawks get on the board? What's going to happen here? This is a tough one to call. I mean, we know the Taipans are going to be tough. With Adam, Adam Ford brings out the best in his players. He's picked up Patrick Miller, who, who looks like, a bodybuilder at that point guard position and unguardable. But then you got, you know, Jakira McCall, who, uh, who's learned a lot over the last couple of years. He's more experienced now. He's a do-all type guard. They just struggle with injury. If they can be healthy, then I got to give the nod to them because even though they've been overseas and they're jet lagged, the way he plays, 
they did, they did, they played great basketball together. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen the Taipans. I can't wait to see them running around. But for the Illawarra Hawks, they're currently one and four. If they drop this game, they go to one and five, and then they play Melbourne United at John Kane Arena, and then they go play the Sydney Kings at home. Now that's incredibly tough start to be staring down at one and seven. What do Illawarra have to do to try and get another win on the board? They got to play. Now listen, if they if they can compete. Like we we me and Gazy called the game last Friday, and I think they played Melbourne United. In that first half, they played some pretty good basketball. They got Clark going. Um, you know, then Robinson was passing the ball well. I just think sometimes they go away from the things that work so well. I'd love to see Frawling get the ball a little bit more. I love for them to play inside out rather than outside in. And we know how tough Harvey can be. Sometimes he's on, sometimes he's not on. If he's not on, then let someone else take the lane. You know what I mean? Because because some some of his shots can be fantastic, but some of them can hurt the Hawks when they don't get back on defense. The Hawks, they played, as you mentioned, they played last week. Do you think that benefits them, the fact that they played just seven days ago against the same team? Or is this going to help Melbourne United, who weren't at their best defensively, to say, we can't afford to let the Hawks get off the way they did against us just seven days ago? Well, I think, I think both teams can benefit. It really depends on the coaching. I know Dean Vickerman very well, and I know he's a defensive coach, and he's going to have those guys humming and playing a lot better than they played because with two minutes to go in the first half, Illawarra were up 49-47, and that's, to be, that's, that's unexpected against Melbourne United, first place against 10th place. Now, they made some mistakes, but they got the thing going in the second half. Knowing Dean Rickerman, he's got to sit there and watch that tape over and over again, and he'll rectify the problems. Now, the, the problem is, if they can shut down Clark and, and Tyler Harvey the way they, they did the second half, then I just see Melbourne blowing them out of the water. Well, speaking of Melbourne United, they've announced that Delhi's going to sit out this round. He is making positive strides. He'll be back for round six, hopefully. But I have a question here. They are so deep. One of the deepest teams, if not the deepest team in the league. Do you think they will be able to manage with these key guys coming in and out? Or do they need everybody healthy for a sustained period of time to figure out this role clarity? Don't forget, JLA missed time. He's trying to get back in. He's an MVP caliber player. What are we going to expect with this juggling act? Well, any other team, I'd be worried. Because when you have seven, eight, nine players deep, and it's okay to have that many deep, but to have that many deep who expect to play, you need a hard-nosed coach that comes in and says, we're going to do it this way, fellas. you got to trust me. Now, not, not all coaches can do that. And, and you, as you know, players have changed over the years. Players have their own attitudes now. They do what they want to do. And it's not like back in the day where you said, yes, sir, coach, and no, sir, coach. Most of these players are making more money than the coaches, so they call the shots. But I think because Dean Vickerman's been there and he's done that, as you know, a couple of years ago, they won a championship, and they had two starting five teams. The, the second five were coming off the bench, but they played great together. And I think that's what he's instilled with the, in these players. It's not about how many minutes you play. If we can go out there and play together, everyone's going to benefit, and everyone, and then we're all win. Now, I think you're calling the game on Friday night between Melbourne United and the Jack Jumpers before they play the Hawks on Sunday. Put your players' hat on because the Jack Jumpers, is there a mental edge they have over Melbourne United? That the all time head to head is seven to three in favor of Tassie. They've won four of the last five. They knocked them out of that semi finals run a couple of years ago. Is there a mental edge there or is it all just being blown up by the statistics? 
he, you a player, you know, like I know, if you go into a stadium and you play well, and every time they come to Melbourne, if it's Southeast Melbourne or Melbourne United, they play well. So whenever you step off the plane and you step into that stadium, you feel very good about it. It's just something about the atmosphere, the fans who are you against the world, but they've had success. And if you've had success in a stadium over and over and over again, you feel comfortable going there, knocking down jump shots, doing all the right things. And plus, they have a great coach in Roth who just sits back and lets him do their thing. Now, Copes, the big news coming out from our West, multiple championship winning coach Trev Gleason has come out, said he's open to offers in the right situation. We expect that. We know he's eager to coach. Is that going to make some current coaches a little bit nervous as this season rolls on? 1,000%. Why wouldn't it? He's a champion. Well, how many championships? Five? Is it five or six? Too many. I haven't got enough things. We need to count. So if I'm struggling as a team, whoever it is, in the law, Perth, whoever it is, Adelaide, as the owner, I'm, he's in the back of my mind. He's here in Australia. He's ready to go. I got to, look, if my team's not doing what they have to do or my coaches aren't doing what they have to do, then you got to make that call, man. You got you to gotta make the call to see if he's interested. And if he is, you got to get you got to get him in there as soon as you can because he's the most experienced coach hanging around. And I said that about Gorgie. Gorgie's still hanging around as well. So there's some big-name coaches in, in Australia hanging around. So these guys that aren't doing what they're supposed to do, they better get their stuff together. Well, I'm going to ask you in a simple yes or no right here on Trev Gleason. Could you see him coaching anyone other than the Wildcats? No. It's weird. It's weird because he's there. His family's there. He's done it before. That red shirt, when he's sitting there yelling at the referee, I can't see him doing that in Adelaide or in Illawarra. He has to be in Perth, I think. I want to chat a little bit about next stars, and in particular, Alex Tui. He's been unbelievably impressive, and there's some been talk from Bogut, a couple of other draft experts, initially when he was signed to this Next Stars deal, which is a two-year program people forget, I think, at times, that he was going to do the two years. But now he's performing at an unbelievable level. He's been starting. He's made a splash. He's going to potentially have a big decision to make of, do I go in this next draft coming up, or do I do another year? How high do you think he needs to be on a mock draft to potentially put his name in this next draft? You said he's going to have a hard decision. If he continues to play like he's playing now, Sydney are winning, all right? They don't have DJ Hogue. Now, we don't know when DJ Hogue comes back, his playing time is going to go down, mm. but it shouldn't. What I like about him is his size, his smarts as a young kid. Forget this kid's not even 20 years old yet. And he's playing the way he plays. He's taking him to the hole, spinning, dunking. But his size, his athleticism, and his poise to knock down jump shots, that's what the NBA are looking for. And I, you say he has a hard decision. I don't think he does because if he continues to play like he's playing now, he'll go. He'll be in that top 10, top 15 easy. Oh, I love it. And you know what? Yesterday... I put Rucker on the spot with my game. When I'm hosting, I'm bringing this game in. You've got to start one here, Copes, bench one, and cut one. You know how this works, and I'm putting you on the spot. So we're staying in the next stars theme. I need you to start one, bench one, cut one. Alex Saar, Hook Porty, Bobby Clintman. Wow. I'm going to start Saar. Okay. Which I, I think a lot of Perth fans want to hear that just in general, but keep going. I'm on a bench. Uh, Porty, and I'm we haven't say. seen enough of Bobby Clinton yet. So well, I seen I seen him when he was here, and he was magnificent. He played great. He had two games 
I think he had 16 and 19 points, Southeast Melbourne and Brisbane. So he was, again, poised, played very well. But as we know, he went to America and didn't have the best couple of games. And that's probably because he was playing out of position. He's playing against different talent now. So he's kind of, I guess it sort of showed a little bit of his weaknesses. Now, I'm not saying he can't play. He'll definitely play. But that question you just asked me is a very hard question, and you know that. Copes, appreciate your time, mate. Uh, we look forward to you on the coverage. You've got a big game on Friday night, and uh, thanks for chatting as always, and we'll talk to you soon. Pete, pleasure being there. Thanks thanks for having me, pal. Thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure you tune in. Round 5 kicks off tonight at 5.30 Eastern Standard Time. Don't miss any of the action.